And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Well, welcome to another Fasten Like Nails. I'm so excited about today, Molly. Do you know why? No. Well, because I have one of my favorite teachers here with us. Oh. So Dr. Kathy Cook is with us today. Kathy, nice to have you here. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for the honor. Okay, so Kathy, um, our relationship started. I was down in um, Tennessee listening. I was at the booth, a book booth, and I heard you on the loudspeaker coming forth with this booming voice, and I'm thinking like, who is this guy? You know, uh-huh, and, I'm, uh-huh. and I'm like, and I go over there, I'm going like, it's not a guy, it's a lady with this deep, booming voice, and you just had command of the audience and command of me. I sat there like a child, just grinning and smiling, and like, I was like having a feast. And, you know, I don't usually listen to speakers. I don't like listening to other speakers when I'm <laughs> one of the speakers. But you drew me in, uh, and I was laughing and crying and just loving every bit of it. And then uh, I'm thinking, like, okay, I'm meeting this lady right after this is over. And you yeah. had a line of people. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I got to have plan B. And then I waited till you were at your booth. And uh, John was with you. Right. He, he looked like your bodyguard. Yes. <laughs> you know? And, yes. and so I go over there, and, and you were signing a book. And then I go up to you. I'm going, like, I need you to speak the summer at the at the guild. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> I do. I do. It was such an honor, and yet it was so confusing. <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen Lamplighters in the exhibit hall for years, and I've, I've admired the books from a distance, uh-huh. and I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't know all of the magnificent work the Lord's called you to. So it, I'm thrilled to become aware of you yeah, and honored that you would trust me. This is a beginning, be, uh, beginning of a long-term relationship. You came and you spoke at the Summer Guild this summer, yes. which was fabulous, and now you're here this week at the Master's Guild teaching uh, all sorts of things, but but mainly what I've heard, now this is what I want to talk about this morning, is that you've brought in this new teaching that we've never heard before on identity, um, on um, purpose, but before purpose there's... Um, security secur- is first. Oh, security's first, Absolutely. then identity, then... Belonging. Belonging, then purpose, and then... Competence. Competence, okay. Right. So those five areas... Now, I've never heard anyone teach on this before. Hmm. So it's my first first time, and I was actually outside yesterday. You were having class inside, and I was listening. I was trying to type, but <laughs> you kept drawing me in, and I'm thinking like, whoa, like where do I get my security? Okay, my security hmm. obviously comes from the Lord. You know, hmm. This is the only place it really can come from. Outside of the Lord, there's no security. Hmm. And then I started thinking like identity, but you brought in the concept of identity in a way I've never heard before, especially... You were talking about when we have put all our eggs in one basket, right? And things can crumble easily. And so, so moms and dads and all my listeners out there, Molly, I think this is going to be good for the two of us today. Yeah. So yeah, let's so let's pretend that we're kind of like her students today. <laughs> okay. So Dr. Kathy, I want you to teach us what you taught in the classroom relative to Molly and me. I would love to do that. I'd be so honored to do that. Let's do it. And it's interesting because all that I teach is based on Scripture. The Lord has given me a way to organize the ideas in such a way that it becomes, I think, compelling and easy to grab hold of. So it isn't that you hadn't heard it before, I don't think, but it was the context, which I think has proved to me that often if we organize our ideas and present them in a compelling fashion, there's just something new there. It's based on Ephesians. And the four Gospels, uh, there's proof in the Bible that this is true. So picture a pyramid, Molly. Mm -hmm. Security is the firm foundation. If it isn't firm, the whole thing crumbles. Mm -hmm. On top of security, we have identity. Then we have belonging, purpose, and competence. The definition of security is who can I trust? And Dr. Hamby— Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. you got to go slow with me. (laughs) Okay. Who do I trust? That's my security. Right. Who can I trust? Not what do I trust. Who can I trust? Who can I trust? Is it always a person then? It should be, because what happens if we put our faith in things? The scripture teaches that things fade away, right? Mm -hmm. So my security is in my popularity. Mm. My identity is I am popular. My belonging is everybody wants me. Mm. And my purpose is to make sure that they know that I'm popular and to be popular Mm -hmm. so I behave a certain way. And then my competence is I do popularity really well. Therefore, I manipulate my audience. Do you know that I can get anybody to give me a standing ovation? Whoa. Right? If my security is that I am popular, then I expect a long line. I expect to autograph many books. I expect sales to Mm. be strong. And that's not fair because now I'm expecting other people Mm. to meet a need that only God can really meet in the the firmest of ways. 
Okay, this is going to be an easy uh, podcast. Gonna, <laughs> I've got to self-evaluate here. I got to really think things through here. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's let's. I want to do this for me right now. Okay, so so who am I? What's my identity? So security, identity. Right. And if I could back up first, if you don't yeah. mind, and say that although security needs to be first and foremost found in the triune God, mm-hmm. God who created us, therefore we can trust Him for more. Jesus, of course, who took our sin upon himself, and we can trust him for even more. The Holy Spirit, who comes in as a teacher, guide, comforter, convictor, and someone, again, who tells the truth. We're also created for horizontal security. Mm. So I do want to say to people that God, first and foremost, we should expect him to be who he says he is, faithful Mm -hmm. and true and wise and full of grace and mercy and truth. Then what about this horizontal? God does create us for relationships that the three of us have right here. And as we get to know each other, we know that we can trust each other. Mm. We use the word as we talk among ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you have moms and dads and grandparents and aunts and uncles and teachers and you pastors and best friends and siblings? And if not, then life is a bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. So do we tell the truth? Are we worthy of trust? Are we faithful and dependable? Are we advocates? So do we model Christ-likeness in our relationships? Because we're better off with a vertical security and a horizontal security. Okay, so I, I, can, I think I can self-evaluate and say that my 100% horizontal or vertical security is in Christ. There's no question about it. I trust him implicitly. Mm-hmm. He's never let me down. Amen. I believe that he's a good God. And he has my best interest in mind. He works all things together for good. And he allows suffering so that I might be able to learn to love him more. Okay. So I get, I get that. That's so good. That's so mature. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, it is. And but... it takes years to learn that, right? Okay. So I got the vertical one down. Right. Now, the horizontal one, I don't think I have down completely because mm. what happens when someone hurts you or breaks that trust? Right. You know, the basis of security is forgiveness. Oh, cool. I mean, a basis of our security with God is forgiveness because we know that he forgives all things, does not throw them back in our face, chooses to forget them. If I thought God remembered my sin and I was going back into his presence, he'd go down, Kathy, this is the seventh time this month you've been here with this issue. (laughs) Right? If I thought that that was how God treated me, I wouldn't go into his presence nearly as often. Right. So how do we behave Horizontally, family and friends, do we quickly forgive? Wow, it's so good. If, if you if you confess your faults, he's faithful and just to forgive you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you walk in the light, he is in the light. Yeah. You have fellowship one with another, and the, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. So there it is. He, he's quick to forgive. And could I say we know that biblically, like we can read that and recite that? Do we live that? Mm-hmm. We can. We can. I love to say, Dr. Hamby, to people out and about, if I met you somewhere other than here, would I know you're a believer by your behavior? Uh, we were talking about the airport the other day. Yes. Yes. Yeah, tell me what happened. Yeah, I was in line at the airport. It was a um, it was a negative situation, 5.30 in the morning. I had a lost bag. There was a long line, a delayed flight. It was a mess. Everyone around me was complaining and acting impatient and stomping their feet. And I was trying so hard to not be like that because I'm a Christian. And so I was. I could feel the you know, the the negativity well up and I kept pushing it down and trying to be a good girl. And up from the right comes a woman and she goes, are you Kathy Cook? And I could hardly stumble <laughs> to say yes. And I said, yes, I am. And she's like, I've been following you for years. Your podcast episodes about character have been fabulous. When will your book be out? And I was within seconds of ruining my testimony about character when up comes this woman, are you Kathy Cook? We need to always remember that those people are out there looking and, and wondering. I mean, we need to be obedient because it glorifies God. We put him on display, but it's so beneficial. So I think, you know, are we, are we walking right? Are we acting right? Are we quick to forgive? And again, do we behave as if we know we can? Or has it just become something we've memorized? Hmm. I don't say that lightly. So I gave the, the example yesterday, <laughs> kind of the opposite of yours. This was probably, I'm going to guess 20 years ago, 18 years ago. So, you know, I'm distancing myself so that I'm not that person anymore. And I, <laughs> and I have grown, but um, I was on the telephone with a U.S. Air representative and they messed up my flight. I'm, I'm glad I checked it because they had me going to a different location where I was supposed to go. And I'm going like, hey, I didn't make this reservation. You guys did. And someone blew it. You guys need to correct it. And she's going, well, Mr. Hamby, she goes, um, we don't have any proof that you know, we made the error. And she's walking me through. I'm going, do you realize I'm a gold premier member? You know? And Yes. <laughs> My security is I'm a gold yeah. premier member. <laughs> yeah. 
first-class gold Premier. Do you realize I've got 250,000 air miles in this thing, you know? And and she's going, well, Mr. Hamby. And I'm like, listen, I just bring this to the next level. I've got to get to the right flight, you know? And I'm being extremely impatient and rude. The end of this whole thing, I finally pull it back together. You know, I'm calmed down. And she says, um, Mr. Hamby, I look forward to um, hearing your seminar Tomorrow night, I'll be sitting in the front row with my entire family. <sighs> and I'm like, oh, no, she knows wow. me. Wow. No, no, this is horrible, you know. And I did meet her. And and literally with tears in my eyes, I was so humbled. And, you know, God used that. Like, you never know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any difference. You never know. We just shouldn't be that way, you know. Right, right. We're human. God can fix us, and then we need to get it right. Apologize. Amen and amen. And, and that's part of security, right, that we can get it right. Oh, that's really good. Right? Yeah, One of the reasons we can trust God is he is full of instruction. I, Kathy, I think I got something new for you. You ready for this? Yes. So repeat what you just said about forgiveness, something that our identity is based in. Our security is based in forgiveness. Okay. How about this? Our security is based in forgiveness. It's also based in repentance. Yes. Admitting wrong. Yes. I, I like that because yes. sometimes it's not just forgiving others that have offended us and we can't trust them, mm-hmm. it's that they can't trust us. Right. There is something about self-security. You know, there's security in the triune God vertically. There's security in others horizontally. And then I do think there's a place for self-security. Not instead of God. I agree that we don't lean on our own understanding. That is very, very foolish. The more we know Christ and the more we know the inner working of the Holy Spirit, the more likely it is that we will be well and do well even Mm. when no one is looking because we know right from wrong. We don't trust ourselves instead of God or mentors or parents or teachers or lay leaders or whatever, but to come to a place in our life when I, I can be alone and be well. Mm. I'm not going to sin in the hotel room. Mm. I'm going to behave in the, right li- in the line even if no one knows who I am because I'm capable of doing what's right, and that's what I want to do because that's who I want to be. Okay, so let's say that there's folks out there listening and they're having, they don't have issues with trusting God. But but I think most people that's where the issues really start right, from. It's right. it's believing that God is good, right? That's yes. I love what you said. It's a good God, and He's a good Creator. Mm. Yeah, and He knows what's best for us, and He does allow us to suffer mm-hmm. from time to time. And He mm-hmm. chastens us, corrects us. Mm-hmm. Um, whom the Lord loves, He chastens. Amen. Okay, but but for those people that have really been burnt in horizontal relationships, maybe a spouse, right? Okay. Um, right now, I'm dealing with um, a family where um, the um, the wife has become a les- has a lesbian oh. partner. What do you What do you say to that husband? I I, I believe that the wife's going to turn. Oh, praise some, God! At some point, yeah, it's going to happen. Praise God! Praise God! Um, so, what do you say? What do you say to that husband? You know, first we res- I, I hmm, there's so much I could say. First, I believe that we respond to emotion with emotion. I don't mean anger with anger, but I mean feel their pain before you try to solve their problem. Mm, that's good. Feel their pain because otherwise they don't care what we think. So we start with, I am so sorry. This has got to be so challenged. And I imagine you're second guessing so much. And I just ache for you and, and the way that you most likely feel. Um, how could I give you some hope today? I think sometimes we ask permission mm-hmm. to provide hope encouragement. They don't always need solution and wisdom. They sometimes Mm. need to believe that God is still good on the throne and not surprised. Mm. And so sometimes that increases their security, which would then allow them to start praying again if they haven't been able to. Molly, you're really good at that. Oh, that's so cool. You're really good with seeing people that are hurting Mm. and broken, and you tend to come around them, and you have that really calming voice, encouraging. You're, You're a nurturer. That's one of your gifts. You know, to not solve their problems, but just know that you're there. Hmm. That's really special. I appreciate that in you. Thank you. Okay, That's so special. <clears throat> okay, so um, bottom line is security, then identity. So, what is it about identity that you can explain that we're kind of like putting our eggs in one basket? What? Give me some examples yeah. of, of of identity that's gone wrong. Right. Well, identity is who am I? So current. Accurate, true, complete identity. Courage. Current. Oh, current. It's not who was I. Don't live in the past. Mm. Mm. The past can influence us, but it ought not to control us. Mm. The past can cause reasons for our choices and behavior, 
But again, our past is in our past. So the question is, who am I? And even not, who do I want to be? So a healthy identity is current, accurate, and complete. We have a social self, an emotional self, a physical self, an intellectual self, and a spiritual self. Mm. And when we know much about ourselves, then we're going to be healthy even when part of our identity is fractured, if I can put it that way. Let's say that somebody has a lot of their identity in their, their physical self. They're a great soccer player, and they twist their ankle, and they have to take three weeks off from soccer. If they have other things that they know about themselves, they're not going to crash and burn in those three weeks. Interesting. If all they know is that I'm secure that I'm a soccer player, my identity is I'm a great soccer player, mm. and they lose that soccer, now wow. they're, whoa, they're living like they're nothing. And that I see that a lot in our culture where people become really pyramid bound in one thing. Security, I'm rich, identity, I'm rich, belonging, you know, rich people love me, my mm. my purpose to make money, my competence as I know how to make money. Mm. Then the economy Whoa. fails. Maybe their company divides they can, they and sells suicide and, and, and they and they do. They yeah. end up not earning the gold watch. Two thousand eight, so many people committed suicide. Yeah. I was I was speaking down in um, What's that place in South Carolina? It's a, it's a very rich area. Oh, yes. I know. I think what you mean. Kind of a harbor area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was down there, and um, it was 2008, and that's when the economy crashed. I yeah. think it was 2008, 2009. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the, the very wealthy. He had, I think it was $36 million. No, $42 million. And he lost He lost 36 out of the $42 million. Whoa. And he committed suicide. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, time out, time out. He was left with $6 million. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I'm like, okay, but I'll I'll take 250,000 of that. Yeah, seriously, I'll take the other, yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, that's a really good example of people, again, who security was money, identity, I'm a money man. And so we have to make sure, and for parents who are listening and grandparents who are listening, you know, you might want your children to do really well in school, but be very careful Mm. that it's not, you know, my security is I'm an A student and my identity is I am an A student and belonging. Mom and dad want me when I earn yeah. A's. My yeah. purpose is to make mom and dad proud of me by earning A's. And my competence is I earn A's. A's. Wow. I come home with a B plus and I'm, no, Failure. the pyramid's fractured. Yeah. And I, and I want to say that, you know, looking for excellence is the right thing to do and striving for better than yesterday if better is possible is the right thing to do Mm -hmm. but making sure that your children know that security is found in jesus the one who equips us to earn the a's and again security and identity can be found in in the mom and the dad and i'm going to say something else that i'd love you to react to dr hamby you know we have an identity crisis in our culture Everybody knows that. We've got Mm -hmm. men trying to be women and we've got, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a mess, right? Identity crisis. Everybody talks about it. Could I respectfully suggest that we have an identity crisis because we have a security crisis? Yeah, absolutely. That only makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know Christ and he's not your solid rock, you can't have security and you can't have true identity. Right. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. So rather than, you know, harping on identity or everybody trying to fix that. (laughs) They need to know Christ. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, dear. And make him known. (laughs) This is so good. Know Christ and make him known. Kathy, this is so amazing. I'm glad. And Dr. Hammy, the whole of God. I'm so passionate about, because I used to be a one verse, one attribute, one name of God girl. Mm. Hmm. And I'm so grateful God showed me the whole of who he is. I'm still learning. Mm, Me too. And I'm still delighted when I see things. But to know that Jesus is shepherd and redeemer and just, you know. Lover of our souls. Yes. The rock. Yes. You know, he's yeah. he's the water. He's, yes. the, he's the bread. He's the door. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he's yes. so many things, yes. you know. And that increases our security. Why? Because we see him on our side in so many different situations. Mm. You know, what's interesting is that some legalistic pastors may be teaching. They only see Jesus in one or two dimensions, you know. Yeah. And and so if they if people in the congregation start to go outside of his framework of knowing oh. God, he becomes controlling. He doesn't mm. want people to go outside of that. Mm. And so pastors need to grow and develop in their re- intimate relationship with Christ. Oh, amen. You know, to be able to experience him in all those different ways because what happens, this happens with people that come to know Christ in different ways. If you've ever listened to the program Unshackled yes. on the radio, yes. that's been since the 1950s, oh, right? For sure. Whoa. You know, it's not the it's probably not the most, you know, um technologically creative no, you know, not at all. The, the old music with the organ, you know. and <laughs> But I listen to that program all the time, and I'm always in tears. There's something about that program, and it's just 
listening to people who have been, you know, through addictions, through loss, you know, through the, the greatest grief, and how God has captured their souls in all unique in a variety of ways. And then there's some, in this relationship with people only knowing God in certain dimensions, what it does is it helps people to see that God is reaching people in all different ways. Right. You know, but it's always through his main truth that Christ came to die for their mm-hmm. sins. That's the one thing about Unshackled that I love, that yeah. they that it's always about what Christ did, his great forgiveness of their sins. Mm-hmm. And these mm-hmm. people become redeemed and released, and then they go out, and now they're sharing what God did for them. Yes. But it may not be the same way for you. In the way, but what people need is that there's hope. Yes, and we're a new creation. That's cool. Right? So one of the identities that I think is so critical is I'm not who I used to be. That's why we cannot we cannot live in the who was I world. Mm, that's good. You know, so we're all searching, we're growing. Some of us have landed on I'm a follower of Christ. Mm. I delight in the Lord. My joy is in Jesus. You know, how do you define yourself? Yesterday you shared with me about the nets. Yes. So it was so cool. I got to use that last night. I was interviewing a young man about coming here. And he said, he goes, well, he goes, I, I, I need to kind of like talk it over with my parents. I need to just kind of pray it through. And I said, okay, that's good. I like that. I said, but don't take too long in responding. He said, what do you, what do you mean? I said, the disciples were asked a, simple, a similar question. They were asked, lay down your nets and come and follow me. You know, so when when you know that God is in us, don't come here for any other reason other than that God is calling you. And if he's calling you, let your net go and follow him. Love it. I'm delighted. Tell tell us about the nets more. I love that illustration. Jesus Jesus calls the first disciples and they were fishermen and they were out in the lake fishing. And he said, you know, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Like he knows us so well. He knows the language that's going to be attractive. Mm -hmm. You know, come and I will make you fishers of men. And the scripture teaches us that they immediately left their nets and followed him. Dr. Hamby, it impresses me. They didn't ask questions. Mm. They didn't ask clarifications. They didn't debate. You know, I'm earning a good living. I'm providing for my family. I'm, I'm a, you know, well thought of citizen of, of the area. No, they, they knew Jesus was someone. And they said they immediately dropped their nets and followed him. And by the way, in another, that's in Mark. And then in another gospel, it says that he immediately called them mm, ooh. and they immediately dropped the nets. So he immediately called them. Like in my prayer, Dr. Hamby, is that when God has something he needs done, he would immediately think Kathy Cook. Whoa. Not because I'm, you know, amazing and prideful. That's not what I mean, but he available knows and willing. Oh, and that is respond. so yes. awesome. I'm available. Yeah, I'm available. Okay, Kathy, I love you. Listen to this. This is so amazing. So I told God 43 years ago when he saved me, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll become whoever you want me to become. I promise you this. Wow. And that's how I got saved. That was my salvation prayer. So my salvation prayer wasn't like the typical salvation prayer. Yeah. That was it. And, And that is amazing because I've only, I've only broken this twice and that's because I was sick. But God has opened doors for me to go places and speak and do things that I never dreamed I would ever do because I've said, I won't turn it down. There's been places I've gone to that said, we can't pay you. Right. It's like, okay, I'm not doing this for you. Mm. God's calling me to go. I'm going to go. Okay, so back to security and identity. Are you ready for this? Yeah. I'm going to take a huge risk. Molly. Yes. Do you have any idea this was coming? Uh, Well, the fear in my heart (laughs) (laughs) that... Sparked. Give me an indication. <laughs> okay. Would look at me. So I would like to do something, I think, to help Molly right now. Okay. So Molly is, we love her here so much. Oh, we, I we, love Molly. We, we can't imagine her not being here. Like, we would like her to sign a 45-year contract. Mm. I, fe- I don't think that I'll live 45 years, but if I did, I want Molly to be here. She's just amazing. Okay. We love her here. She does so much here, and God uses her in a great way. But... Molly has her sister back home in Maine, okay, which is a 13-hour drive, basically, who is going to have a baby in December, mm. okay? And her one of her best friends is also pregnant up in Maine, okay? And they need Molly. Oh, dear. Yeah. And her family's there, and they she's got a huge family. They all need Molly. They love her so much. We need Molly, too. But do we really need her? How does Molly navigate this amazing decision that she's got to make, whether to leave or to stay? 
How does she navigate that with, with um, security and identity and purpose and belonging? And belonging. Yeah. The first thing I thought of was that you seek a donor for a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and then Molly can stay here and she can helicopter up to Maine like every other weekend. I'm a pilot. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Well, let's get you a little plane. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, my goodness. Oh, so I would love fine. that. Oh, my goodness. That would like, be so cool. Molly would be the navigator. You know, wow. best, oh, man. <laughs> best of both worlds. Um, yeah, you know, no, <laughs> it's really, I feel for you. I feel mm-hmm. for you. Uh, a lot of your security is in your family and your friends, mm-hmm. and your identity is a sister and soon-to-be aunt. Like, I honor that daughter. You have family here. I've seen that, and I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot and say mm-hmm. you have family here. Yeah. You know, the family of God is Mm -hmm. super significant. Mm -hmm. The belonging question is who wants me, not who needs me. Mm. Need is purpose. Why am I alive? We're all created for such a time as this, gifted in advance, according to Ephesians 2.10, to be a difference maker for the glory of God. Our belonging, though, is met in being wanted. Mm. Because if we have our belonging need met in being needed, we will always be the king of the mountain. We will only belong to people weaker than us, we will always be the authority. We will always be the teacher. We will never be vulnerable. Whoa. That is extremely unhealthy. Holy smoke. This is way, you can't go that fast. I mean, we're all listening to this, and this is, you got to unpack that. Let's just unpack that a little bit more. That is, did you, did you get all that? Yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. I know, but it's there's so much yeah. to think about. i got to chew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Help me to just When I taught this. second graders, which I loved for four years, I didn't realize what was happening. I enjoyed it immensely, enjoyed all the children. In the first summer of my career, I did not enjoy the summer off. And I was really shocked because I was looking forward to the summer. Mm-hmm. And I'm a few weeks into the summer, and I'm, I'm pretty miserable. Busy going to graduate school, I had a life. But there was something very unsettled in me. I happened to be at the grocery store one day when I heard running footsteps, Miss Cook, Miss Cook. And it was a second grade student who saw me in the grocery store and ran toward me, shouting my name, and gave me the biggest of hugs. Mm. Met a need I had had not realized I had met my belonging need in being needed. Mm. And for nine months, I had lived inappropriately dependent upon seven-year-olds to love me. Whoa. What an illustration. And I believe, Dr. Hamby, that in that season of using my children— to meet a legitimate God-wired enemy need, I probably ignored other people thinking I don't need them. Okay, this is incredible. There are so many dads listening that may be listening to this in which they receive their security and identity in their family. They need their family's love for them to be who they are, and they're sacrificing who God wants them to become, You know, to go out and to become courageous warriors, mm-hmm. to do other things, but they, they're, they're unable to take steps of faith and do those other things to get the education they need, to step out in faith, to do these other things in life that are evangelistic, that are discipleship. They're, they're afraid to go out and to go to the homeless. They're afraid to go out and start discipleship ministries with men. And as a result, because their identity and their security is in their family, to be loved, they love that so much that they can't detach themselves from that and they can't live by faith mm-hmm. in the other the other opportunities that God right. would have for them. Right. What do you what do you think about that? I also think I think that's true. They get they get landlocked in the bottom two of this pyramid, and you have to have all five. And I'm going to come back to that for your life, Molly. The other thing I see happening with men, since you brought that up, I think there's a lot of men who have their security identity in their career. Mm-hmm. They are providers and protectors by God's design, and I praise God for men mm-hmm. who take those roles seriously. So my dad is an example, and he knows that I tell this story. He's been with Christ for 20 years. He retired from being an engineer and had business cards printed, Donald J. Cook, comma, professional engineer, comma, retired. <laughs> he had no one to give them to. And, yeah. That's funny. And I know of many men who have done that. Yeah. My dad loved being an engineer. He loved his work. That's so good. He wasn't a believer at the time. Yeah. And that changed right before he died. Praise God. Um, Well, you know, it's interesting. When I got my uh, doctoral uh, work done, I became a doctor. I remember the first year I was signing everything. Dr. Mark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it changed your identity. (laughs) Yeah, it did. I was like, I earned this. I'm going to write Dr. Mark. And then, you know, people that would call me, you know, Mr. Hamby, I'm like, I give him a little look like it's not yeah. Mister anymore. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it, no, it's you know it's complicated. And so back back to you know that illustration for men, if their security and identity is in their career, 
then their belonging is their career and their mm -hmm. purpose is their career and their competence is their career, which is why it's so hard for men to retire. Mm -hmm. And it's also why the number one cause of death for 50-year-old Caucasian men in our country is suicide. Whoa. They're not earning their gold watch. You know, the company isn't what it used to be or, you know, they're self-employed and, you know, something has happened, of course, with our economy and maybe with the needs of the people. So it's really, really dangerous. Uh, so key, key, key illustrations, I think. So I, I have seen a trend over the last 20 years with homeschool dads that are working at home. You know, right. John, um, John Adams, um, he spent two years in France with one of his boys that went with him, two years absent from his family. And as a result of his work there, you know, we won the Revolutionary War with Fran fr the French help. Right. But that wouldn't have happened if he was, if his identity and his security was in his family. Mm. You know, he, he loved his family so much, he realized that to love them best was to sacrifice. To sacrifice. I knew you'd use that word. Mm. It's a powerful word. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, and I think we need men today that are willing to do, you know, Jesus, Peter was married. Yeah. Come and follow me. Yeah. You know, he's he's traveling with he's traveling with seven women huh. and the other 11 men, with 12 men with Jesus. Kind of an odd situation. You've got these women, Luke chapter Luke chapter 8, right. verse 1. You've got these women traveling with Jesus, ministering to him out of their uh, their abundance, okay? They're they're paying for the food and stuff. Yeah. And this is an odd situation. You know, these seven women and these 12, 13 men are traveling throughout, you know, this place as big as New Jersey. And and there's Peter thinking like, I got to get home and cut the grass, you know? <laughs> you know, so there. this was not an easy task to let your nets down. And Peter's wife's going, you did what with your nets? Right, right. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're going to follow, G what are you going to do Who about the he? taxes? Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus goes, oh, um, go get that fish over there and then take the coin out and you pay your taxes. <laughs> you know, so there's all these things that Jesus does. And you don't want to miss, men, we don't want to miss the miracles of God in providing for us. That doesn't mean that you relinquish your responsibilities. Uh, um, Robert Lewis wrote a book. This is one of my all-time favorite books on on um, biblical manhood, he said, we're to have a will to obey, a work to do, and a woman to love. Yeah. To reject passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously, expect the greater reward for doing so. Whoa. Those three foundational principles, the first three, a will to obey, a work to do, a woman to love, are so life-changing. A man first has to have a will to obey. He's got to be able to Good. submit to authority. He's got to be able to be willing to be corrected. That's his focus in life right there. Gain that because that's where you gain knowledge. You gain knowledge through correction. You know, so a will to obey. And then God opens the door for us to have a work to do. And then you provide the security for a woman to love. That's the oh, first three foundational principles. It's so good. And we have to then be willing to be separated from the world. We will, mean, not, what do you, what do we will not look like other men. We'll provide differently. Oh, right? that's good. So one of the, I mean, the reality of being a Christ follower is we're, we're unique. We're yeah. not like everyone else. And I tell young people when I minister to them that you will have to be willing to stand out. And that can cause any number of think teasing and laughing and questioning. So there are men who would question those men. You know, what do you think you're doing over there? You know, that's really interesting because when I first I was saved and a couple years later, I think 10 years went by. And was it 10 years? No, it couldn't have been that long. 1987. Yeah, it was 10 years. Um, God's calling me to go to seminary. God's calling me to launch out. You know, and I'm like, really, I'm not fighting it. I'm trying to like really find out, God, you really want me to do this? Or is this part of my ego, you know, to go study the Bible somewhere? You know, what? what's the, and then God through circumstances and through people, you know, and through the word of God and through prayer, it was finally a decision that I needed to go. But during that time when we left, there was so much opposition to go. Mm. My my entire family was like, you're crazy. You know, you're going to leave all of this. You just built a house. You're going to leave all of this behind. So Molly, wow. Molly and Kathy, you won't believe this. So I built a brand new house, the one you're living in right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, my first house, 19, 1982. Beautiful. We built it. And uh, we're like, now I'm going to just love my life. I got these woods behind yes, us and all this property. beautiful stuff. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that way back then, but it's it's evolved. You know, it's developed. And uh, and then we're like, and God is like, I want you to go. And I'm like, not really. I mean, Lord, you don't expect me to leave my house. I mean, I just mm. a brand new house. I got three <laughs> children under five years old. 
You know, I got a beautiful wife. You know, this is, I'm going to live the little house on the prairie life. <laughs> and God is like, God speaks to me directly in his word, like, go. You know, I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it's not you speaking. This can't really be you speaking because you would not take away all the things that I'm enjoying right now. My identity is in my new house. Your security, my security is, is in, in my new house. house. Yeah. yeah, my security is in my family. My security is in my job at the church. Yep. My security is with all my new friends. My security is with my big family. And I'm like, no, I'm not going. Literally, God and I. How did that work this... for you? So guess what happened? <laughs> so that winter, my house starts to implode. If you go down in the basement where you're staying, go down in the basement, turn all the lights on, and you're going to see these huge steel I-beams. Okay. There's like 12 of them all over the all over the basement walls. Okay. My house, what I did when I, when I put the dirt back in, you know, we had the drain tile in. I had three inches of styrofoam on the outside of my basement walls because we were using our basement as a solar solar tank to bring the hot air in there and catch all of the um, the warm air. So when I did that, though, it didn't allow any warmth to go through the blocks that would keep the the um, the dirt from freezing. Oh, oh. So as a result, I backfilled with clay. And clay and moisture will turn into like hard rock. And it started pushing in when it started to get you know, when it started to get frozen. This is it, a problem. It started pushing my walls in from all four sides. And so I called the insurance company and I said, you got to come and see this. Oh my I mean, goodness. No, it got so bad. There was like an inch and a half gap. That's huge, right? Yes. And I'm like, we're going to, my dad's up there. My dad's an engineer. And he's like, son, the house is going to come down at your house. Your living room is going to be down in the basement floor for not too long. Okay. So the whole house, the, the, the walls are going to fall in, implode. And the house is going to literally come straight down. So we're going to lose a whole level, right? <laughs> would, would that have been the funniest thing to see? No. No, no not at all. Not at all. So I go to the insurance company, and I, I know this guy. He's a friend of mine. And he comes up, and he inspects it all. And he goes, he goes, you will not believe this. But one of the exceptions in your insurance policy is it does not cover implosions. No way. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, you got to show it to me. And he showed it to me. It did not cover implosions. What in the world? And who would put that in an insurance policy? Yeah, who would ever think to add that? Yeah. And so... My house is imploding. <laughs> so I go to God. I had to go talk to God about it. I'm going like, I'll go. I go. I, I give up. I surrender. Oh. I'm going to go. So make the decision to go. Let the church know. Let family know. And I'm now I'm at peace. I'm excited about going. And I'm like... This house is not that important. My security's not not in this house. Okay, my identity's not in this house. We're we're gonna do what God wants me to do, and I get I just I surrendered, right? So my dad comes the next day and he goes, "Son, I figured it out. We're gonna jack the house up." My dad is a genius engineer. He puts all of this blocking down in the basement, literally hundreds of big, huge like um, railroad um, ties. Puts all this blocking in there, and he's got like ten different jacks, big hydraulic jacks. He's got all these men down there. They're literally jacking the house up with all these beams. They get the house up about an inch off of the foundation. He then has one guy goes and digs by a shovel, digs the entire basement out. Took him about two weeks. Digs the entire basement out. He gets steel beams on the outside, steel beams on the inside. He bolts the beams together all the way down. The, uh, The walls come right back together like they're supposed to be. Sets the house back down and Everything's perfect. And then we backfill with just stone, clear stone. And then I'm, I'm thinking, like, he goes, house is good as gold right now. And I'm looking, I'm going like, oh, maybe we'll stay. No, only, uh-huh. only kidding, Lord. I'm, I'm going. I'm going. That's amazing. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I love that we're spending all this time on security and identity because mm-hmm. they are the foundation. If we don't get these two mm-hmm. right, everything else is really going to be unhealthy and unstable and incomplete. So mm. back to the question you asked about Molly, mm. something is really key and I appreciate it a lot is in my life I've had to make some hard decisions too. I liked being a second grade school teacher. I liked being a professor and I'm no longer doing either one of those. Um, and sometimes God moves us on even though we're not in a, in a bad place. He just has something better and more delightful. But here's mm, the thing, Molly, beautiful. you have to remember that there's five core needs. So you might want to belong with your family and belong to your friend and belong to a new niece or nephew, and I honor that for you. But there's also purpose and competence. So you have to ask yourself, why was I created? The purpose question is, why am I alive? Mm. 
And for young people, I often say, why, so why are you alive for such a time as this? Mm-hmm. What's your talent? What's your passion? What's your gifting? So go back to identity. Who am I? And that leads to a discovery of purpose. Why am I alive? Chatty Cathy is a kid. Now I'm talking on a podcast mm-hmm. because my parents raised me to use words for good and not harm. Mm-hmm. So parents really do matter. Wait, wait, you're a Chatty Cathy. I was a Chatty Cathy as a kid. My parents did not say, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Shut up. Would you mm. go find something to do? And that's why I'm here today and why I'm a speaker and author by profession. They caused me, they saw, this is powerful, Mark. They saw all the words in me as a gift to develop, mm. not a problem to eliminate. Oh, wow. That's so powerful. Kids that are squirming at their desk, mm-hmm. either homeschooled or wherever yep. they are, and they can't sit still. Yep. You're like, sit still. Yep. I'm going to tie you to the chair or whatever. Yep. You know. What do you tell those parents? Um, teach obedience, humility, self-respect, self-control, and respect for others. It's a character issue. Now, they, can, they might be body smart. They might be kinesthetic. They need to play with koosh balls and pipe cleaners, and they <laughs> need to do 10 jumping jacks before they sit down and do 10 problems. There's a way that you can help them cope, but they're not bad children. And they might be lawyers one day who know how to pace in front of their jury box and get the right verdict. Hmm. They might be the truck drivers. They might be the symphony conductors. I mean, seriously, these are talented, smart That's young cool. men and, and women who often, especially in a, in a broken system, maybe made to feel um, like they're bad, Mm. uh, but they're not. I know it's hard sometimes, and if you have three or four of them, it's really hard, Um, but it's possible. And to see it as a strength, and you you want to teach your kids to use it in a good and a healthy way. What did your parents do for you then? Well, they enrolled me in Children's Theater when I was about 10. Oh, cool. And they said, go go speak there a while. It's a true story. And that's where I learned to be on a stage. And where where do I live a lot of my life today? On stage. On stage. Wow. Um, my grandfather was mayor of my city, so I watched him give speeches. He's the one who said, use all those words in you, only for good and never to harm. Mm. Always to help and never for evil. That's great. And so I come from a phenomenal family. Childhood cool. causes adulthood, Dr. Hammy. Whoa. Childhood causes adulthood. Oh, that's so good. And today, today matters for today. And it matters for tomorrow. And that's why I'm passionate about, you know, parent education. And I'm passionate about the young people we're working with here at the Master's Guild because they're still impressionable and and eager to launch well into whatever it Mm -hmm. is that God has for them next. So, Molly, you have to ask yourself, okay, so belonging is met in family. Is that my purpose? Do I have to geographically live close to love them? Do I have to geographically live close to them for a purpose to be lived out. And then what about competence? Obviously, you have competence to love a sister and to be an aunt, but is that the competence God has equipped you with to fulfill purpose? I've met many people who prioritize belonging, and they relocate to a family member. They they do it in well-meaning. They think that love and acceptance is all that it is. It's critically important. We studied mm. that from Proverbs 3 today. It's critically important, but it's not everything. Wow. And if you only have belonging, but why am I alive? Like, I can't smother that person. There's other people who also love your sister. I could go on and on. Does that make sense? So I'm just thinking of so many different illustrations right now with couples. You know, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a husband that um, believes that God has equipped him and called him, you know, to, uh, to go and start this ministry. But his wife does not have the confidence or the faith in him that mm-hmm. he should do it. Mm-hmm. She, it's amazing. I just met this couple. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she only had negative things to say about him. Uh-oh. Yeah. So she was like, I don't trust him. Um, he's not, he, he's not um, consistent enough to, to be trustworthy that he will actually, you know, go all out and, and get this done. He's got a bad track record. Uh-huh. And he's telling me, he's one like, but I, I know I can do this. I want to do this. You know, I want to do this. But there's this. So, so you got this. This really, this huge struggle in the in the in the marriage. What what do you tell if you were there? Okay, <laughs> oh, gee. if you were there talking to this, and it was really funny when I asked them to pray at the end. So we had some breakthrough at the end. Oh, good. Yeah, it was really it was really awesome. Um, tremendous breakthrough. But at the very end, I asked them if they would pray, and she was she would say, "Lord, would you change him?" And that he he would pray, "Lord, would you change her?" <laughs> I was like, I don't think they heard a word I said. Oh, but man. okay, so what would you tell them? Well. I think you'll agree with this. One of the things I taught the students yesterday in a different context was that you have to have will and skill. You can't just have motivation. Mm. You can't just have, That's I good. want to. can't be a dreamer. You no. got to be a visionary with knowledge that Yes, there has to be the care. I'm going to go back to character. 
grit, effort, perseverance, diligence, teachability, humility, wow. um, other-centeredness. There has to be character. What does other-centeredness mean? Um, a lack of self-centeredness, so it's about you. I'm going to look for people who I can serve. I'm going to look for people who I can invite in and welcome into my team mm. because we're created for a community. Wow, that's good. So it's the opposite of what I see so much in our culture of the self-centeredness, eyes down on our phone. I'm so excited about what's happening here right now. We're hiring. I think I just hired a new young man for media. I'm pretty sure he's going to come. And I, I could see it happening. You know, like, I'm 66. I'm not going to be here forever. I got another, what, 40 to 50 years to live. <laughs> you know, and, and I could just see God. Now he's bringing all these people together. Thrilled to, for you. I, oh, isn't it exciting? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same boat in our ministry at Celebrate Kids, okay, for so sure. Okay, so back to Molly. Yeah, so, um, but back to this couple, though. I would do skill and will. And if the if the wife doesn't think he has it in him, then she has to be bold enough and courageous enough to specifically outline it. You can't just say you can't. There has to be mm. evidence. Dr. Hamby, Molly, evidence doesn't lie. Whoa. I love the word because. I don't think you're ready because. The last three things I've seen you attempt to do, you were enthusiastic for two, three, four weeks at the most, and then the enthusiasm died, and then the project died. Well, what's, what's the proof that that won't happen now? That's going to be really helpful. Molly does a lot of the grading here. That's going to be extremely helpful in the way that we grade in the way that we help people move in the next level in their lives. What do you mean? So like you're like, let's say people aren't getting it, you know, and there's a reason behind what and they, and they want to do something else, you know, but they haven't proven themselves in the mm. earlier work. Mm. You are not ready to do, move to this next level because this is mm. what you've shown me in your previous assignments. Rather than waiting you know, until it's all over with, mm -hmm. we need to show them. You mm -hmm. said it this morning, mm -hmm. like correction isn't just criticizing. No, sir. Correction does what? Correction puts right the wrong. Mm. Criticism points out the wrong. Mm. And criticism doesn't do anybody any good. Wow, that's really good. Because it doesn't help a person's identity or security if they find out they're doing, they're doing something wrong. I really appreciated you saying that. It was funny. You said that correction, and I was like, oh, it makes sense. If I'm writing something with a pencil, I flip it over, I've got the eraser, you're correcting it. I was like, that's so cool because that's kind of like what happens in our life. Do I really want my O to be like not the right shape if it's supposed <laughs> to be an I like it's it's helping me it's making me better and I, I didn't see that word that way before so yeah. I appreciated that so Molly what what do you think about all the Kathy said so far yeah no I, I really appreciated it and I think it's something that is will have to be considered and, mm -hmm. and kind of thought through as well um, prayed through yeah it, it made me think of uh, a verse in Psalms that I've been like going back to that that God says he'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm. And so like faced with a decision like this, you know, do I stay? Do I go? How do I figure out what God's calling me to do next? Because I've kind of reached different mile markers in my life. I'm not mm. very old, but, you know, I can kind of go through that same process of like, do I come to Lamplighter or do I stay home originally when I was making that decision? And I just really wanted to come. And so then I had mentors praying. I was praying. I was in the word. And I was just like, God, please show me. And I know like there's that verse, you know, God will give desires. But then like, what do you do with it? And you don't, like you were saying, you don't want to make an idol out of that or put that in a place where it shouldn't be. And so that's just something <laughs> I'm trying to work through. Like, okay, God, where's the truth? And I, I think. That's really good. I yeah. mean, the verse that you just quoted is amazing. But listen to this. You ready for this? Okay, we're going to end here. We're going to end here. Yeah, we got to go eat. We haven't <laughs> talked about purpose or competence We'll yet. have to come back for that. <laughs> okay, but this is really good. Okay. Molly, I love this. And Molly, I love your spirit. You I just, do too. Yeah. Thank um, you. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Ooh. That's the next verse. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah, because there are too many people, not you, Molly, I don't know you well enough to know for sure, but being here, I can't mm -hmm. imagine. But no, commit your way to the Lord. Mm. Ooh, that's really good. That's what the, the disciples did when they laid down their nets. Yeah. So again, do we immediately drop our net and totally follow? Yeah. Okay. What so, a fun time to be here. Okay. So we're going to just close with this. You ready? For, I, I, I hope th so. I think I'm going to be able to teach you something that you maybe you don't know. So okay. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> okay. Delight yourself in the Lord. So I looked up the word delight. Okay. And it, from the ancient Hebrew, guess what it means? A rolling pin. A rolling pin? Yeah. <laughs> Delight yourself in the Lord. Okay, how does that fit? Okay, it also is the it's also the ancient Hebrew word for gold leaf. 
Okay. <laughs> it's also the ancient Hebrew word for something beautiful and valuable. Okay. So let's put those words together. I like the word delight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Rolling pin, gold leaf. Gold leaf. Valuable, like gold. I don't know. Drum rolls, please. I really don't know. Delight. What do you do with a rolling pin? Well, you roll, you create something. Well, you what do you, what do you put? Oh. Okay, so you're flattening dough to make a pie crust. Or flattening gold leaf. Gold leaf is gold that has been flattened to the thinnest possible level. Okay. 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 So when you have gold leaf, they put it on vases. They okay. put it on furniture. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And it's extremely valuable. Okay. Okay. So they're able to artistically use the gold leaf in ways they couldn't use it if it was just solid gold. Okay, I got that. It's been rolled out. It's been flattened, stretched out. God makes us valuable to pursue Mm. the desires Mm. that are his desires when we're willing to be stretched out. That's very good. So that we can be extremely valuable in his fit vessels for the master's use. That's what he wants out of us. So if you delight, in delight yourself in the Lord. Lord, when you delight yourself in the Lord, you're willing to be stretched out to the very thinnest possible way so that you can be used in the most magnificent and beautiful ways. I think you've just given me a new identity. Wow. When I answer the question, who am I? I am willing to be stretched out hmm. to be a better vessel. And more beautiful. And more beautiful in God's kingdom. Useful, useful, useful. fit vessel for, yeah. And you yeah. are that, by the way. Oh, thank you. Molly, you are that. Thank you. Yeah, you, you both do it very well. I'm, it's an honor and privilege to work with both of you. Uh, you Thank as well. you. Uh, so uh, we'll look forward to doing this again, and we're going to the next podcast. We're going to take up the competence and purpose. Competence and purpose. Should we talk more about? The Is two it of purpose those? and competence? Purpose and competence. Thank purpose you. and competence. Right. We already dealt with um, security, identity. And belonging. belonging. We can come back and revisit a little bit of belonging, in my opinion. But yeah, let's let's do that. I would love to kind of flesh that out in even more detail. Okay, we'll look forward to what doing this again. What an honor to be here. Fasten like nails. God bless. You've been listening to Fasten Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character, one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit lamplighter.net slash podcast and fill out the form. That's lamplighter.net slash podcast.